my husband is not my best friend. Mm. He's not. He's really not. He's my husband. My best friend is my best friend. My husband is my husband. Yes, we're very close. Yes, we share a lot of stuff with one another. Yes, we're comfortable with one another. But there's a certain level that I just would never cross with him. Mm-hmm. Certain things that I would never say to him that I could say to my best friend. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. How are my bougie besties? How are you guys doing? I'm so happy that you're here with me once again, listening to this podcast, because I'm literally recording these episodes for you, for you to get a little bit of entertainment, learn something new and get inspired by all these amazing people that I bring on my podcast. And every single episode, I really try to provide value. So I hope that you feel all this energy that I'm putting into these episodes. In today's show... Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Christina Kataman. I'm sure you've seen her videos on TikTok, Instagram. I share her a lot myself because I find her content hilarious. Her and I are actually very similar. She is from Moldova, which is a country in Europe. We're going to talk about her upbringing a little bit and how she immigrated to Canada. And she's currently in Mexico with her husband, Alex. She's been uh, She's been with her boyfriend, now husband, for the past eight years. So we talked about relationships, obviously, and how to kind of keep that spark going and how to have some conversations that might not be the most comfortable ones like finances and how to organize your life when you're living with your significant other and how just like how to have a happy healthy, long-term relationship. Before we get into the episode, I would love to share one of the reviews I got from one of my bougie besties on Apple Podcasts. Uh, The nickname is Coffee Lover One-on-One. Amazing show. I listen to Coco as soon as there's a new episode out. I love the What Will Coco Do podcast. They're very applicable in my life. Knowing I shouldn't ever settle and set my standards high in life is very helpful and encouraging. And that is my goal, literally, to encourage you all to live your best lives and do whatever you can to just max out your life and live up to your full potential. Okay, I felt like a Hallmark card once again, but I truly want that for every single one of you. And if you ever found my episodes useful or they provided value, I would love if you can leave a five-star rating and review. It really helps the show grow. And don't forget to click subscribe or follow a show depending where you're listening to podcasts. And if you love this episode, share it with a friend. That would mean so, so much to me. Okay, I think that's it for my little intro. Now let's hear from Christina. Hi, Christina. Hi, Cornelia. <laughs> Welcome to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be on. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. I see you are... Where are you? I am currently in Mexico, in Yucatan, about 30 minutes away from Tulum. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I would love for you to share all of your basic information. Where you're from, how old are you, where do you currently live? I mean, currently you're in Mexico, but you're from Canada, correct? Actually, mm-hmm. just take it away. Tell me everything about you. <laughs> My name is Christina Cataman. I am 27 years old and I'm two months, two months away from turning 28. Yeah. I was born when and raised... When is your birthday? March 20th. Oh my God, you're almost an Aries. Almost. And I was born at like 8 p.m. on March 20th. When is your birthday? Is it April? April 17th, yeah. Yeah, so you're an Aries, Aries. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I love Aries. Aries are always... You know how like most celebrities are Aries? Victoria Beckham is an Aries. We have the same birthday. Yeah, we're birthday twins. So I was always the posh spice, obviously. Okay, but back (laughs) to you. Where did you grow up? 
I was born and raised in a small country called Moldova. Many people don't even know where that is because mm-hmm. it's it's quite small. It's located between Ukraine and Romania, and it used to be part of USSR before. And then before that, it was like part of Romania. And so many people just, as soon as I tell them, for example, that my first language is Russian, they're like, oh, you're from Russia. Mm-hmm. Technically, I'm not from Russia. I'm from Moldova, even though culturally, ethnically, and language-wise, yes, I was brought up in a Russian Russian surroundings, so to speak. And I moved to Canada when I was two months away from turning 17, Mm -hmm. which was 11 years ago almost. For the last two years, I've been based between Canada, Mexico, and Europe. Mexico, because winters in Canada, as you might guess, are just horrific. They're so cold and I can't mm-hmm. just, I just can't do it anymore. Eastern Europe, because my whole family is still there and I visit them. How did you end up in Canada? I applied for an international student visa and they accepted me. With the help of my whole family, I got a ticket and moved. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. so I studied there for three years. And then through that, I applied, or I guess later on, I applied for the permanent residency. And then I ended up staying. But we're both from Europe, from that part of the world. And immigrating to America or Canada, for me, it was really difficult. But I just kind of knew that I there's no... There's no other option for me. I really wanted to live in the US. How hard it was to immigrate to Canada? Like documents-wise or morally yeah. speaking-wise? <laughs> let's start with the documents and then we're going to talk about all the cultural difference and what basically inspired all your videos, which are hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would say I lucked out because, you know, even the processing times for a lot of my applications were taking way less than some other people. I also would say that um, during the time that I was moving to Canada, it almost felt like, I don't know, it almost felt like I was meant to be there. Like everything was Mm -hmm. working out its way for me to stay. Everything was working out in a way for me to stay. I mean, it wasn't the easiest. And I had a really um, like bad breakup with with a guy Mm -hmm. I was dating when I first moved. I mean, I was so young, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows what love is when you're like 17, 18, 19. But um, that kind of also contributed to the harshness that was associated with it. Uh, He helped me a lot in the move and he helped me a lot with, you know, the documents and the legal aspect of things for sure. And I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, But it definitely made things a little bit harder because I felt like I was dependent on someone for my stay when, you know, I I Mm -hmm. had to get out of that relationship and I knew it, but I felt like I was a little bit dependent. And it was it was such a it was like an added frustration and stress to the move. When you're so young, you you kind of think that, oh, this is your first love and this is this is going to be forever. You're trying so hard to make it work, but you just you just see it's not for you and you should not absolutely be in that relationship anymore. But you are married now. Is that correct? Yes. (laughs) How long have you been married? How long have you been with your uh, husband? I've been married since July of 2022. So fairly recent. We actually got married uh, here last time we we spent two months in the summer here in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And we were engaged for three and a half years or three years. As you might know, it's really hard when you have all of your family mm-hmm. all over the world. And my family is still, all of them are still in Moldova. And so it was really hard to coordinate to bring everyone together somewhere. Mm-hmm. especially with, you know, the recent events that was going that are going on around that area. And 
we were like, you know what? We've been waiting for too long. This is the place where we vacation together for the first time. This is a place where we feel really connected to. Why don't we just do it? Just you and I mm-hmm. will have like a beautiful ceremony in the jungle. And then when the time is right, maybe we will do some kind of, you know, big celebration. But for now, it just doesn't feel right to do that. So let's mm-hmm. just let, let's do it that way. And before that, we were together for so we're now together for eight and a half years. So we met wow. eight and a half years ago. Yeah. Okay. And this is what I absolutely want to talk about. I mean, you guys are pretty young still. How how did you how did you meet, first of all? We met at a music festival. So Alex is a little bit older than than I am. He's 35. And we met at a really big music festival in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely in no state to meet the love of my life. Because <laughs> you know, at a festival, you party, you dance. Um, but were you it was standing on your own two feet or you were like, <laughs> like barely, but yes, I managed to, you know, introduce myself and ask yeah. him what his name is and where he's from. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like we, we met at a music festival and we kind of had a very strange dating phase because it wasn't a very typical dating phase. We were, we were there for three days. We were like, so, you know, infatuated with one another right off the bat. And then the dating came after. So it almost felt like there was a stage in our relationship before dating, which normally doesn't happen when you meet someone, you know, mm-hmm. through a friend or through at an event. So yeah, we bumped into each other on a dance floor and pretty much as like cheesy as it might sound for some people, it was like love at first sight. So, (laughs) And you guys lived in the same town at that time? I mean, you said there was a music festival. What was it? Was it in your city where you guys lived? No. So it was actually in a town that's maybe like five hours away from Vancouver. Those of you who don't live in Canada wouldn't know, so I wouldn't even go there. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's beautiful, but I'm not going to explain <laughs> where it is <laughs> unless you want to go to the music festival. DM me and I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived in Calgary and I lived in Edmonton. So we were about a three hour drive away from one another. And if, again, you know anything about Canadian winters in the winter, that drive was just like horrific. For the first Three months, we did a little bit of a long distance. And then Mm -hmm. after three months, we moved in together, which sounds crazy, Mm -hmm. but it felt right. And actually, I moved cities. So I moved from Edmonton to Calgary Mm -hmm. and we started living together. And there were definitely people, even like some of my friends who were like, oh, don't you think you're rushing into this? Don't you think it's a little too fast? And I was like, I really don't. I can't explain Mm -hmm. it, nor should I have to explain it to anyone? It just feels right. And it definitely was. And those, those naysayers in the beginning who were like, oh, you guys are going to break up. What are you going to do? You're moving cities for him. I'm like, we end up getting married. So <laughs> <laughs> I listen no, to I my intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that honestly, when you meet someone and it just feels right. And I know that sounds like such a cliche, but even with my boyfriend now, Everything just went so easy and smooth. And I remember when I was single, when I was trying to date other guys and stuff, like everything just was confusing me. It was so complicated. It was always questioning myself. But when somebody really wants to be with you, they're going to make sure that you know, and they're going to do whatever it is in their power to have you next to them. So let's go back to when you guys were long distance for those three months. How did that look? It looked pretty... 
I mean, it looked as good as it can look with a distance like that. Um, we would we visit seeing each other like yeah every weekend or like what was what was the schedule? <laughs> yeah, we were seeing each other pretty much every weekend. Like one weekend he would come visit me. One weekend I would go visit him. For the weekend that we would be together, we were just like you know having so much fun with one another and exactly like what you were saying. It just mm -hmm. felt so good to be together. It was easy in the beginning to do the drive. We would miss one another, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then when the winter hit, which was like October, because again, it's Canada, <laughs> I was like, right. this has to end because I don't want to put my life in danger every time I go to visit you or for mm -hmm. you to put your life in danger every time you visit me. I don't know. Long distance can be done, but I feel like you have to have a very clear goal and end mm -hmm. to it you know because if you just continue it indefinitely without any any discussion as to where it's gonna lead or any mm -hmm. effort to actually be together you could get into a lot of trouble so yeah yeah and we I mean we sat down almost right away to be like hey where is this going what mm -hmm. is this gonna be yeah mm -hmm. I absolutely agree and whenever somebody does ask me about long distance relationships I say that it can be done if there's This, if you guys have a same goal in a sense like you're going to move here or I'm going to move there or you can move to a completely different city and you can start fresh. What I also say, and I want to actually hear your opinion on that, I also say that if you move to him, so basically you are leaving your entire life and you're moving to his area or his city he needs yeah. to make sure that you are kind of set so you don't have to start from scratch and you don't have to i don't know wait tables and how did it work out in your case did he kind of make it seamless or you were i mean you guys were still you were younger so so yeah this is actually a really great really really great point because you do sacrifice a lot and i think had i been moving you know from a little bit more of like a stable situation or if i was moving from like back home For sure, he would have had to, um, I mean, he did ensure that I was like comfortable, that I was welcomed right off the bat when I arrived mm -hmm. in, in the city that he was living in. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough as is, right, the move. At that time, I mean, I was very new in Canada still, and I was actually right at the, you know, kind of moment of being between jobs and between choosing the next steps. Mm -hmm. I think it was like my second year in Canada. And I was already going through a little bit of like chaos in the city that I was living in. And I also mm -hmm. knew that I didn't want to stay there. I mean, no offense mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you're from Edmonton, but Edmonton is like middle of Siberia. Sometimes it mm -hmm. felt like Calgary is a little bit more alive. So to me, I was like, whoa, this is cool. Like, actually, I would like to live in Calgary. Calgary seems like the next logical step. But of course, you know, we we sat down and we talked about it and I was like, listen, like I have to... I have to make sure that when I move, I mean, it's your city. You grew up there. You have friends. Mm -hmm. I don't have any friends there. Mm -hmm. I don't really have anyone except for you. And so I would say Alex did a really good job with, A, making sure that he helps me with the move and anything I needed. And B, when I arrived there, to make sure that, like, our living conditions were good. And mm -hmm. I'm not in a state where, like, I, I transferred companies. I was actually working at a restaurant then I was bartending mm -hmm. believe it or not mm -hmm. well, um, I did the same I did the same thing when I was in you when I was in New York for like four years in the very beginning yeah it's hard work mm -hmm. I hated it when people would call it easy money because it's not easy money it's really hard <laughs> they never work. worked in a restaurant <laughs> they exactly. call it easy money <laughs> oh my gosh exactly so yeah but I I 
worked at the same because it was a chain I worked at the same restaurant for a little bit and he could just see that I was like because when you're single it's one thing but when you're in a relationship working until you know 3 a.m mm-hmm. is just like it's not fun especially if your partner is not doing the same type of work and mm-hmm. yeah he just kind of we sat down and he's like listen I don't think you should be continuing working a job that you don't like and you're really it's it's weighing down on you so much so let's figure something out you know let's you you really shouldn't Mm -hmm. be going um to work if you don't like work which sounds like such a I know that a lot of people are going to be listening to this and being like what he told you that but yeah it's you know no I want to talk I really want to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of shame nowadays around women not I mean shame in America mostly that women are not willing to work or women I and again every, everybody has a different situation and everybody has different ambitions and goals and you do whatever works best for you but if you are in a relationship and your husband or boyfriend partner can financially support both of you and you maybe you're currently trying to figure out what you want to do. It doesn't mean that you're not going to work forever, but it's nice that somebody can give you that kind of breathing space so you can figure out what you want because you also came to a new city. Like everything was so new. It's not so easy to just like, okay, I'm going to move to a new city with my new boyfriend and I'm just going to start a new career and everything's going to, it's a lot. It's, it takes a lot. So it, it's nice to have that option. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, we, he was also young at that time. And he was also trying to kind of figure out a career path that would be long term more stable. But at that time, he was also a lot more stable than I was financially Mm -hmm. speaking. And, you know, from from all sorts of perspectives. I mean, again, he grew up in Mm -hmm. in that city. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And like, you know, three years into our relationship, Alex was like, you know what, I, I want to go to law school, I want to become a lawyer, it's the next logical step for me. I have a degree that I'm not really using because when you get a degree, it's very often, unless you're like mm-hmm. actually a, um, what's it called, a regulated professional or you're part mm-hmm. of a regulated profession, there's not much you can do with a lot of the degrees and people know mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. Did he always wanted to be a lawyer or how did that happen? No, actually, I very vividly remember him telling me in the beginning of our relationship that out of all the things that he could do in this world, he would never be a lawyer. Because lawyers have a really bad reputation, you know? And I worked in the legal field for a while, and I can tell you that most lawyers are just normal people, and they're they're cool, they're, you know... It's just that the few that make it into the news, you know, who are I actually like, wanted to be a lawyer when I was a kid. It's so funny. Very often, when you're good at arguing when you're a child, adults <laughs> always tell you, hey, you should be a lawyer. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, was, I don't know if that's necessarily... I was told that my entire life. <laughs> Yeah. And so at that time, I had a very stable job. Uh, I was working in the corporate world. I joke a lot about stuff on my social media and I'm serious about stuff. I still think, you know, mm-hmm. on, on when you go on the first date, <laughs> actually any date, the bill should not be split and stuff like that. But, but, you know, the reality is that when he went to law school, I'm the one who was making money and had a stable job. So I was like, that makes perfect sense. You're taking a step into the right direction to mm-hmm. make things better for both of us and for our future family. Of course, I'm going to take this on. So I did, mm-hmm. you know, and for three years while he was in law school, he wasn't making any money. I think so. that's really important to say. And I want to stay on this topic for a bit because 
With my Wobo Coco dues, girls often ask me, when should I pay for this? Or when should I pay for that? Or when should I, you know, they're just a little confused with the whole financial conversation. But what I say is in the courting phase, in the very beginning, a guy has to do whatever he can do to impress you and win you over. But when you're in a rela- when you're in a relationship, you are obviously going to contribute as much as you can. But the most important thing is to have an actual, honest, open conversation. Don't just enter a relationship that's that serious, even moving in together without having those conversations about financial expectations. And then when one person is more financially stable, the other one is going to, you know, you should cover each other. I think that's really important that people need to, I mean, women who ask me those questions need to understand that if your man, let's say, loses his job and you have money, you're going to cover all the costs if you want to be in that relationship long term. Absolutely. And you said something also that it's very important to have a conversation. It's very Mm -hmm. important to have a conversation. And like when Alex was going to law school, we sat down and I was like, you know, I think it makes sense for us to join our bank accounts because this mm-hmm. is not this is no longer just you doing your thing on the side and me doing my thing on the side. This is now becoming, you know, a family unit and mm-hmm. we have a cat together and you know, like <laughs> let's 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 join our expenses and let's, mm-hmm. you know, right now you're taking yourself to the next level while you're doing that. I'll take care of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and then once when the time comes for me to take us to the next level or do something that you know, or start something that I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. I expect you to also step in and, and, and help out, you know, and that's, I mean, life happens, right? You can't, mm-hmm. you, it's, it's great if you, you know, as a girl, you found yourself or as, or as a guy, you found yourself someone who could forever sustain you and they have unlimited mm-hmm. resources, but often it works in the way that you, you have to like step up the game. And while the other one steps up the game, the other one supports. So Yeah. I have to add something here that if you're in a relationship where, let's say, your man is taking care of everything, he might use that against you at some point. I mean, obviously, hope, hopefully we, he do, he doesn't. But if you're not contributing anything to the relationship, he's gonna he's literally in control. He's going to control yeah. every single thing you do. You don't want to be in a position where you want to get your nails done. You're like, hey, can I have $100 to get my nails done? Like, that's just, it's it's not a nice feeling. And I want to ask you, how did you... For those who are listening, and maybe they have to have this conversation about finances, how would you start? If you get to a point where you realize that the relationship is getting serious and everything so far has worked out without any red flags, like for example, you know, for you and I, if mm-hmm. he wants to split a bill, it's a red flag. <laughs> and when you're in a dating stage, right? We're not we're not going to have the conversation because another date is not going to happen, right? But if, let me if, just let me just add here that the way you and I actually uh, got connected for those who are listening. Uh, Christina posted this video about splitting bills and then I'm going to actually share it on my bougie bestie page so everybody can see it, even though they probably saw it because my DMs were flooded with your video because you said, oh, splitting Croatia. Yeah, I would love to go. (laughs) My DMs, I, 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 it was, it was, I mean, it was such a viral video, but that's how we actually got connected. And then we became friends ever since. Yeah, well, I also saw your video, right, about your your famous video about I'm not a dog who needs to be walked. And I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I was like, finally, <laughs> someone is speaking the truth here. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that after those videos, there was there's more and more women who are actually talking in that sense, like they're kind of, they're not shy anymore to say what we were saying. So let's just get back to um, splitting bills on the first date. Absolutely 
no. But going forward in a relationship, what what would you suggest? Or like the conversation, how does the conversation happen? I think, A, you have to be, you know, open with each other from the beginning, the expectations that you have from one another, because it's very hard to go back and say, you know what, actually, I changed my mind. I'm not really, I don't really vibe with that self mm-hmm. that I had then, uh, even though, you know, we all change and we all have lo- things that happen in life that could change our perspective and whatnot. But I would say, you know, just be very open. If you cannot be open and trusting with your partner, who else would you be open and trusting with? So just sit mm-hmm. down and be very honest about what you expect, what you can give in return and what your view of the situation is in a very kind manner, right? Because you also don't, if you are, if you two are on a completely, on completely different pages and you don't see eye to eye on something as basic as your finances, because you're going to have to figure out your finances for the rest of your life, no matter Mm -hmm. how wealthy you are. You always will. And so if you can figure it out at one of the initial stages, something is not right. If you don't feel comfortable approaching someone, and I know that people often have very rigid beliefs around finances and money. It's very hard to to have those conversations. But if you cannot approach your partner about that, that's a bit of a red flag in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. if you are comfortable approaching, then just be open. Just say, hey, you know, this is this is what I'm expecting. For example, I told, I told Alex when we, you know, first sat down after his law school, I was like, look, I ideally would love to not worry about our finances when we have kids. You mm-hmm. know, I, I definitely look for a provider in, in, in a man. For me, a man is a, that provider energy. And I personally don't want to worry about that when we have kids. And he's like, well, yes, absolutely. That's why I went to law school. That's why, you know, I'm doing things. Not to say that, you know, I personally see myself doing things. I am doing things, you know, you know, we have two businesses, but it's just something that is supplementary. It's not something that is fully dependent on me. Right. Mm -hmm. I also have a couple of girlfriends who are in relationships where they just, the the girls can't, not the girls, the women, they (laughs) can't see themselves not being career driven because that's all they love being career driven. Mm -hmm. They love working. And for them, the conversation was the opposite. They were like, you know, I can't see myself being home or I can't see myself not doing something, you know, from nine to five and hustling. That's who I am. I love it. That's, that's just the energy that I feel at all times. Are you okay with that? You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's as simple as that. It's just Mm -hmm. that some people are afraid of it, I think. And you have to get past that fear. I think some people are afraid to ask for what they want because they're afraid that their partner is going to react negatively to what they're saying. But if they do react negatively, it's kind of, you're saving yourself time. (laughs) I mean, later on, you're going to have to have this conversation at some point. So if you are very clear with your partner and tell them what you want and what you expect, and obviously, as we already said, things can change, but you have to just open communication is very it's very important so you guys have been together for how long now in total eight and a half years okay i want to talk about long-term relationships and how to kind of keep that spark going oh that's such a good question and i think it's it's a pain point for so many couples hey Mm -hmm. like i yeah for sure 
I, I'll say something that I know a lot of people will disagree with me on, but my husband is not my best friend. Mm. He's not. He's really not. He's my husband. My best friend is my best friend. My husband is my husband. Yes, we're very close. Yes, we share a lot of stuff with one another. Yes, we're comfortable with one another. But there's a certain level that I just would never cross with him. Mm -hmm. Certain things that I would never say to him that I could say to my best friend because, you know, we could mock each other all day long. Give me an example. uh, Like maybe a joke that is a little bit mm, vulgar in a way, Mm -hmm. right? Like I would, I would say it to my best friend, but I wouldn't really say it to my husband. With my husband, I, I'm still real with him. He knows who I am, but I just wouldn't say certain things. I wouldn't produce certain words out of my mouth right you're basically Um, like being more in your feminine like girly girl vibes or like i'm trying to understand this is so interesting i've never heard anybody say that before yeah basically i i maintain a level of a level of um, energy that was there in the beginning you know how in the Mm -hmm. beginning of a relationship there's certain things that you just wouldn't do and i understand that obviously in the beginning of a relationship there's lots of things that you don't know about each other and you're trying to Mm -hmm. impress one another but as much as you can keep that energy going i think the better off you will be in a long-term relationship Mm -hmm. Um, the other example is and that's something that again many people are going to probably like lose their shit over, but don't like, don't, don't do stuff like go to the bathroom in front of your husband, you know, like mm-hmm. don't leave the door open. I can do mm-hmm. that in front of my best friend. There's been, you know, parties that we would go to and I'd be like, yeah. can you come with me to the bathroom? <laughs> I wouldn't do that with my husband because it's not like, it's not, it's not hot to see someone else go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Why would I, why would I want to do that in front of my husband? No, never. The door is closed. My bathroom is my privacy time. And so is his, yeah. you know? So there's certain things, I think I heard um, Tony Robbins say that once, that do what you did in the beginning of a relationship mm-hmm. so that you don't have an end. So as much of the stuff that you can do in the beginning mm-hmm. or that you do in the beginning, do it in the end. Um, when you ask each other to do something, like for example, the one thing that I've always appreciated about Alex is if I ask him to, let's say, um, dust mm-hmm. our, our apartment he always responds with, I'd love to dust our apartment for sure. Even if he doesn't love it. Like, I know he doesn't love dusting. Nobody loves dusting, mm-hmm. but he, he will never be like, oh, dusting again. Like you're, you keep asking me to do this. You know, why don't you mm-hmm. do it? Or mm-hmm. he's very receptive to my requests. And maybe mm-hmm. it's also the way I make those requests. Now, oh, okay, means, how do you make those? Tell us. Just kindly, a very, in a very nice tone of voice, just be like, hey, babe, do you mind, do you mind? helping me with some cleaning do you mind dusting I'll, I'll do something else or you know so, something like mm-hmm. that as opposed to being like hey like you made a mess clean it mm-hmm. up or you made mm-hmm. a mess mm-hmm. dust or clean okay, the dishes. Th- let's let's stay there here, here for a second let's give some specific sentences like actual way like how do you actually say it because a lot of girls don't have that they just can't Maybe they're saying it in a way like, oh, you made a mess again. Why are you so lazy? You never fucking clean. Like, tell us those. How do you say it nicely? <laughs> um, that's actually a good point. And I'm trying to figure out why I never had the desire to be like, you made a fucking mess again. Maybe because Alex positioned himself in a relationship in a way that I can't say, like, I would never be able to say that to him. Like, mm-hmm. you're a fucking mess, you know, just the way we communicate. It, it never, never gets to that point. But I would say, you know... 
like he has this thing where he often leaves things in the middle of like the room, mm-hmm. his shorts, his pants, his socks. For whatever. some reason, I don't know why guys do that. Wes does the same thing. Yeah. Like it, I was five minutes late to our conversation because I was cleaning his pants on the floor right here. Yeah. <laughs> I had to remove shorts <laughs> from like that couch behind me too. So <laughs> yeah, but it's guys do that. Right. And I think no matter how many times I've asked, he still does it, but I would do it in like a very, in the beginning, I would do it in probably like a really playful way and be like, Hey, so it looks like, it looks like these shorts don't actually belong here. Is there any way maybe, maybe they could be put next time somewhere where they do belong, you know? Um, and then if he keeps doing it again and again, I'll just be like, you know, babe, remember that conversation that we had about shorts? Why are they here? And then you just laugh about it, right? He, he mm-hmm. doesn't feel like you're nagging him or you're being scolding. aggressive, mm-hmm. scolding. Exactly. Nobody likes to be scolded. Nobody, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I would say no matter how much you have like boiling up emotions and no matter how much you want to be like why are these fucking shorts on this couch again (laughs) just you know literally suppress it and if you're like well I don't want to suppress my emotions I should be able to say whatever I feel like saying okay sure say it but then don't complain why you have you know shitty communication Mm -hmm. skills with your partner and why you always yell at one another because you have to be able to control your emotions Mm -hmm. especially with someone as close as your husband or or wife right so wow you're blowing my mind in a good way (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i am uh as we mentioned in the beginning i'm an aries so sometimes my emotions are a little out there (laughs) so i'm gonna work on being more subtle but i do agree that the way you deliver a message it changes the entire thing i mean i i I'm, i'm very nice to my boyfriend don't get me wrong but i know that it's such a different reaction when you tell somebody you did this instead of oh you know what else I learned? Instead of attacking him, since we're talking about shorts, let's say instead of telling, instead of me telling Wes, why did you leave those shorts on the floor? You should say, oh, look at these shorts on the floor. So you're not saying that he did something wrong. You're addressing the object that you have an issue with in that yeah. situation. So it, like, you're just, oh, what are they doing here? <laughs> it's like they have a personality on its own. Oh my God, they they're, they walked in my room. They're right here in my office. Oh no, we should, we should call someone. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time and see if maybe it'll actually work. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you like know that. what else I, I think if you, if you both, let's say Wes and I, we have a really busy schedule. We are both working all the time and sometimes we just don't have time to clean the entire apartment. So there's nothing wrong in hiring somebody to help you out. And I know a lot of whenever I say on my Instagram that, you know, people can hire somebody to clean their apartment, there's a lot of people who get very angry at me, but I'm like, why are you angry that I'm hiring somebody to do a service that they are doing? So they're if a professional you have, at. yeah, th- this is, this is what they, this is what they do. I, I cannot clean the way they can clean. So it's like, I don't, I, I don't see anything wrong in hiring uh, help to help you in your house. No, absolutely. And I'm actually going to add on to what you just said. So in our house in Calgary, that obviously we don't live there anymore. We sold it. But I remember we both were extremely busy. We were both working corporate jobs. And I was like, why am I spending half of my Saturday cleaning? No matter mm-hmm. how big your place is, if you do a good job, if you want mm-hmm. your place to look spotless and clean, you're going to spend a really long time cleaning it. So I was like, 
why don't I, with the money that are hard earned, why don't I put that money towards hiring a professional who will do a much better job than me much quicker? And while that professional is cleaning my house, I can work on spending time with my husband and improving our mm -hmm. relationship or spending time with a friend or, you know, if, if you're so concerned about, you know, well, I don't want to spend the money. It's like, okay, it's like what, how long would it take, let's say a cleaner to clean, let's say anywhere from an hour to like four hours, right? Mm -hmm. In that time, you can do something productive towards your business, towards your job, mm -hmm. towards, you know, in some way, shape or form, maybe learn a way to, you know, make, make that money, money back. <laughs> exactly. Make, make more money. So I a hundred percent agree with you. Like hiring a cleaner is, is definitely benefited, um, my life in many areas <laughs> more than I expected. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking to, uh, I'm hiring somebody to help me organize my makeup and my closet because we moved into this new apartment back in December and it's still so unsettled. And I just, I have anxiety every single day when I see my closet and it's not like color, color coordinated the way I wanted it to be. And it takes time to move into a new space. Actually, let's talk a little bit more about moving in with your significant other. How do you set those boundaries and rules of who is responsible for what? Let's, let's forget about the cleaning lady. Let's lay in the very beginning. You know, like, is there somebody who takes the trash out? Or like, how do you have those conversations? Or how do you decide who does what? If you both are working? Right. So I think if you both are considerate of one another, you will appreciate that there has to be some boundaries or some division of responsibilities. Because obviously, one person can't do it all. Mm -hmm. So... When you first move in, you obviously, you know how they say you don't know a person until mm -hmm. you've lived with them. Absolutely. So when you move in, there's so many things that happen that you learn about one another. Um, so many habits that you get introduced to that sometimes can be um, not the easiest to actually like get used to or not the easiest to receive. I lucked out because Alex and I, I don't know if it's because we are culturally very similar. That probably has something to do with it. Maybe because he was just raised in a very similar way that I was. So it's fairly easy to go past that part. But in terms of responsibilities and how, how to split stuff and let's you know, just mention, uh, since you mentioned that you're culturally similar, just mention where he's from. So Alex is from former Yugoslavia. He was my neighbor. Born, <laughs> yes, he is. He's uh, Serbian by descent, and he was born in Bosnia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he is uh, yeah. almost your compatriot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know that some some listeners are going to be like, "Well, how are they similar?" Because she's from Moldova and he's Canadian. We didn't mention that before. So yeah, Slavic culture. Throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you know when you first start living together and let's say you don't have a conversation about like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really busy in the next few months. Uh, do you mind taking this on? Mm -hmm. Let's say you, you missed that part because you didn't expect yourself to be busy and you thought you were going to be able to do it all yourself. And you realize that your partner is just not seeing how busy you are. Maybe they're also busy or they think, mm -hmm. you know, you, they, you look like you could handle it all have that conversation then just sit down and be like, Hey, you know, I, I've just, I'm really, really tired. Is there any way you can maybe assist me with some of these things? Or is there any way I could just trust you with a few of these responsibilities? Nothing wrong with doing that. Right. And I think I've made that mistake so many times. And by any means, by the way, everything that I'm saying today, you know, I, it's, it's always, I have to work on myself to make sure that I, you know, say mm -hmm. 
things proper way. I also sometimes get, you know, angry and I have to control what I say and how I say it. Uh, so it's always a work in progress, but I remember, and I still do that sometimes, I would just assume that Alex understands a hint mm -hmm. or he understands and sees that, okay, well, I'm busy, I need help, or I'm frustrated, and I would prefer if he does something. Unfortunately, especially for some reason, men, and I'm not trying to sound, you know, discriminatory towards men, but for some reason, men just don't understand hints. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very upfront and very open with with mm -hmm. your, your man and be like, hey... Um, I don't like taking the trash out. Is there any way you could take the trash out? I will in return, maybe do something that you don't like to do. So we have that, for mm -hmm. example, with, um, you know, vacuuming. We haven't really vacuumed because again, we have either a cleaning lady come here or in Mexico, you don't really have a necessity to vacuum. We just sweep and mop mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the, uh, the floors, the way the floors are because of the humidity. But for example, I was, uh, when we were in Canada, I would always tell Alex like, Hey, I really don't like vacuuming. It's a heavy piece of machine. Um, it wasn't a Dyson, you know, like I... I yeah, I was about I, to say, Alex, can you uh, send a Dyson, Christine? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I really don't like this. Um, can you please vacuum? And mm -hmm. I know that you really don't like doing the dishes, so I'm happy to do the dishes after mm -hmm. we're done dinner. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, love that. I have a last topic that what I like to discuss and uh, whatever you don't want to share you don't have to I want to talk about intimacy when you're mm -hmm. with somebody for a very long time how to because I know people say that sometimes you know you get bored of one another when you're married and when you get into those long relationships I actually have a lot of men who write to me and they say that their women just don't want to have sex anymore and stuff like that yeah it's actually a really interesting subject that I feel like you could just dive into and talk for hours about because I think it's so much deeper and more intricate than most people think. But I think that mainly it's probably laziness on both mm -hmm. sides. You get too comfortable with one another and you miss that or you lose that spark, that feeling of... Because you know like when you're in a new relationship, you just constantly want to have... Like you mm -hmm. want to have sex with that person all the time. Like anytime you see each other, you're like, where is all this drive coming from? Right. And then when you are with each other for a long time, you have, you know, work, you have responsibilities, you have other priorities. So the key here is other priorities. Intimacy with your partner becomes a, not a priority. And that's mm -hmm. why it suffers because whatever we prioritize becomes usually better and we work on it. You have to understand that you have to work on that stuff. It's not something that will just forever be there unless you work on it. Mm -hmm. So we actually made a pact because we've, all, we've also had issues. Um, you know, we've always been really passionate about one another. But again, you work, you get tired. Like the most common thing that happens to a lot of people is either you eat too much in the evening and you're tired, you want to fall asleep, or you're just really tired. So you prioritize mm -hmm. sleep over intimacy. That's happened with us too. Sometimes it happens still, right? Yeah, of course. But you just have to appreciate that, hey, uh, my relationship is going to suffer if I don't prioritize this. So what can I do to make sure that we stay passionate with one another? So a few things is just, you know, take, take your lady out on a date. Surprise her. Mm -hmm. Do something that she really loves. Let's let's talk more in, in what can women do because I mostly have women listening. I think that a great tip is to let's say if you're going out with your man on a date, 
wear something super sexy, super sexy lingerie underneath. Take a photo of yourself, take a selfie in that just lingerie. And then once you guys are sitting down at a dinner table somewhere out, send him that photo and be like, this is what I have for you. Like that this is your dessert at home or something. Those little things, as you just said, like just try to act the same way you acted in the very beginning. I'm sure in the beginning you were always, you know, I actually had a video a while ago where I posted that women should shave. And then I had a lot of haters telling me that I'm body shaming. But I mean, if let's say if you are, if you used to maintain your body in a certain way, you should try to maintain that going forward because you wouldn't be happy if your man just like stops showering or stops shaving or stopped like doing certain things. And I understand life gets busy. And, you know, maybe if you're going through some changes in your life, it's not always possible to look dolled up. I'm not saying you should look dolled up every single day, but, and I have another saying, like, don't look like a sock at home. Just try to wear something cute, something a matching workout set, like a loungewear, something, something that looks nice and just make sure it's ironed. When you have, when you're wearing clothes that are actually ironed or steamed, it's a completely different feeling, not just for him when he sees you, but also for yourself when you see yourself in the mirror. Literally, I don't walk around at home anymore in wrinkled clothing because whenever I see myself looking like that, I just, I don't feel good about myself and I don't expect him to be like, oh my God, I want to rip this you know, dusty t-shirt from her. I mean, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. You have to maintain that kind of level of, I don't know, sexiness, I would say. 100%. And you know, you're, you're right when you say you don't have to always look dolled up, but look put together. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta look put together. I mean, you fe- compare the feeling when you're just waking up from bed and you're like all messy from your sleep and you're kind of, you know, just, you're feeling, you feel messy, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you put just a little bit of effort in, even, it doesn't have to be that much, like brush your hair. Yeah, just um, your sh- just shower and put shower, like clean clothes. Yeah, shower, <laughs> put on clean clothes. You will feel much better about yourself, right? So like you've got to put in that effort. If you're not going to put in, if someone is listening to this and they're like, yeah, but that's, that's so much work. And like you were saying, I'm busy. It's like, yeah, but relationships are work. You can't expect it to flourish and prosper and continue to be something passionate and something that is, mm, lack of a better word, giving you great returns if you don't put anything in it. Mm-hmm. So you you got to continue to maintain yourself, looking good, feeling good. And then, you know, if you have chemistry between you two, if you've originally had that chemistry and you're just feeling like it may be, not that it died down, but it like paused because you've been focusing on other things. When you take care of yourself, when you put in the effort, it's going to come back. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then maybe there's other issues that need to be addressed, right? Because there, there are couples that are struggling with intimacy. Mm-hmm. But usually from what I've heard and from what I've experienced, it, you usually know that from the beginning, So Mm -hmm. you usually, if you enter a relationship that's lacking that chemistry, like you're incompatible, you'll know Mm -hmm. that from the beginning. It's not going to be something that just like catches you off guard, you know, three Mm -hmm. or four years later when you're living together. Christina, I love this conversation. I love it too. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy I could. It's work, right? Like it's not, it's not the easiest, not that it's not the easiest thing because when you're with the right person, things are, things aren't hard, but it's just, it's work. You have to put in the work. 
otherwise yeah yeah absolutely please tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can see all of your crazy funny videos that i i'm we didn't even get into but your european versus u.s mentality I, i'm dying to all of them so thank you for blessing us with that uh, with that piece of humor on the oh, internet thank you so much i appreciate it um i i really love your content too i mean it's every single time it's like a mic drop moment uh, everything is like you post something but yeah you can find me on instagram um at christina cataman my name is spelled without an h so it's c-r-i-s-t-i-n-a feel free to dm me you can also find me same um same name on tiktok christina cataman christina without an h and i also not too long ago started a youtube channel where i upload Ooh. all of my podcast episodes and I'm trying to do more vlogging and I will also have more content coming out um, about just certain subjects that I discuss that my audience on Instagram requests. So you can also follow me on there and on there it's um, Christina Cataman or uh, Catamania, which is also the name of my podcast. So yeah, I was about to say, when you're going to pimp your podcast <laughs> out, <laughs> it's like flowing into it. My podcast, um, my podcast is Catamania and I had Cornelia on earlier when I first as started as your it. first guest. Yes. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to link everything in the show notes so they can find it easier. But my mom is a huge fan of yours. I told you that already. She, she, she sent me your videos and I was like, mom, she's a friend. She's like, what? How? But she lives in Canada. <laughs> I'm like, actually, yeah, we, we, we know each other. Great minds think alike. That's why. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so sweet. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I'm going to see you next week. See you next. Oh, I, I guess. <laughs> no, <laughs> Sorry. You can okay, say I, I want to see you next week. <laughs> yes. Thank you, oh, everybody, yeah. so much. Love you all. Bye.